Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Getting a lot of attention, a billionaire standing up at the podium at a college graduation says, I'm going to pay off all your college loan debt. And the, the country goes wild with glee over that without addressing any of the issues that make this stupid system possible. We want to talk some about that. Um, this T-shirt I'm wearing, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so it's a Game of Thrones T-shirt. It says at the bottom. What does it mean? I drink and I know things. Is that from That's the show? A famous quote from It's yes. a line from the show. Yeah. Perhaps most important character. I wanted to be in on the popular cultural touchstone today, having never seen the show. That uh, shows real character on your part, and it costs. <laughs> and it costs. Shame on you for wearing for wearing that shirt. And it costs. Don't know what's on there. Shame. It Shame. Cost, it cost six dollars at Target, so it was a good deal all the way around. <sighs> Thank you, uh, China, or probably where was that made? Vietnam, maybe, or even Bangladesh. Where, where do you get shirts if the Vietnamese stuff is too expensive? <laughs> I know. Bangladesh, yeah. Pretty soon it'll be ten dollars thanks to Trump's trade war. Oh no! <laughs> so popular for the last several seasons has been Sean, who's a uh, been a devoted fan of Game of Thrones since the beginning. His thirty uh, second Game OT, of Thrones original Thronester <laughs> of the TV show. I have I have yet to read the books. Okay. There you go. Books, schmucks. Who has time? <laughs> I don't. Were the books popular? Were they a big deal? Like, you know, The Hobbit was a huge success, huge literary success before they made movies. I had never heard of the Game of Thrones books. Uh, I I had heard of the books before the show was there. I had mm-hmm. some friends who had read it. Um, I don't really know the total numbers or what would constitute a... a fairly big in the fantasy world. <laughs> I mean, if you're really into fantasy, you're aware of them. What is that accent you're adopting for this? What do you mean? (laughs) I think you're insinuating that some sort of geeky, for some reason, speech impediment. If you have have tired of Dungeons and Dragons and wish to move into something even more esoteric, I can just the writings (laughs) of George Martin. (laughs) Anyway, so Game of Thrones, the whole thing wrapped up last night. We thought we'd continue the tradition with Sean doing his 30-second recap. You're going to recap just the show, though. Yeah, just the the season, not the the whole thing. Yeah, we can do the season thing later if if, if you so choose. Well, you know what? If you're going to do the entire span of the show someday, I say we give you 35 seconds. (laughs) Wow. Do you want to do your disclaimer that you would think anybody with a brain whose brain waves would register on the chart would understand? (laughs) Yes. Let me spell this out to you. Sean's going to tell you what happened in last night's episode. That's what a recap is. So, yes, there will be spoilers. That's the whole effing point. (laughs) All right, then. So, and it is 30 seconds long. Turn off your radio at Mark. Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 6, The Iron Throne. After turning King's Landing into enough ashes to literally hide a dragon, Daenerys makes it clear her ambitions involve much more of Westeros than originally thought. Stab through the heart and your true blame. Jon Snow gives love a bad name. Bad name. Drogon really hates chairs, apparently. We learned that in this 
episode, spoiler alert. Uh, the leaders of the kingdoms of Westeros have magically teleported to King's Landing and are now trying to figure out a way to divvy up the rubble they discovered. Oh, they... Anyway, you don't even get to the key, man. The end of it was the... But you gotta see... Ugh. 30 seconds is 30 seconds. That's the law. Did they leave a possibility for, like, another show or a reunion uh-huh. or movie or something like that? There are... Uh, I don't think it's out of line to say dozens, like somewhere between six and ten, maybe up to twelve spinoffs and things already currently in the oh, works, really? whether they're prequels or, or sequels, or there there are many things being worked on uh, oh, yeah. that are not George Martin finishing his, his books. I saw this headline, fans used to love Game of Thrones, now they just love criticizing it. Well, that's, although, listen, I tweeted uh, Ricky Gervais with a beautiful uh, tweet over the weekend, I don't have the specific wording in front of me, but essentially said, the whole people are mad about thing is clickbait. For the love of heaven, don't click on it. People are mad about everything. Just, just, sh- maybe I'll find it for you. Because he's, uh, he's a crafter of words. The guy who wrote the original office. He's, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's standing he's up for the writers as a guy who's written shows himself. Yeah, there he is. Somebody said a thing and people are furious. This sort of clickbait headline should always be ignored because it's rarely true. Usually the truth is that 0.001% of people are furious, and the rest of us couldn't give an F. And we wouldn't even know about it if you hadn't printed it. (laughs) Right. So five people on Twitter are angry about something. What do I care? (laughs) Uh, That is a weird direction we've gone with journalism. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, there was plenty to not like in last season, but, uh, you know, I just... I usually find people's expressions of what they don't like about it to be so just dumb and pig-headed and prejudiced or whatever that it was worse than the sins of the show. How do you get, my how, how mad do you get when 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 my favorite band puts out their third album and I think ah, I like the first two albums better. It's just, oh, it's no, a you, mild disappointment. There's no anger involved. What's the matter with I you? I don't write any letters. Wow, look <laughs> at you just drifting through life. No. <laughs> You have to write an angry, angry letter, perhaps. Your favorite radio show makes a small tweak. You've got to express your anger. I was your the... every opinion must be heard. <laughs> I was on the phone for somewhere between, I right around 45 minutes or so with a, with a friend of mine after the episode, and we were just venting about how how much we hated this this episode and this last season and how it's just a, it's just a different show. Well, i got to talk to you off the air about what you hated so much. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, again, my criticisms are only holding it up to its own standard. It's still way better than anything else on television. Right. It had elevated itself to a level that was not sustainable, and, and that's that's where my criticisms are. It's own falling from its own heights, not necessarily yeah. well, if Jerry Seinfeld had, If Jerry Seinfeld had stopped writing Seinfeld in season four, it would have turned into a different show. <laughs> yeah, well, when Larry David left, it, it kind of sure. did. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. It is what it is. Make it the is, best of it. It is what is it is. Make the best of it is the be- most you can do. It's all you can do. And if you're the person who's constantly angrily sharing your opinions to people, shows, producers, journalists, shame! That's what I say. Shame on you. Never mind the shame, shame. you're trying to spread. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. So you want shame? You wanted to t- you want shame orang there? Shame. They were throwing shame at you, and right. it came right back. Shame orang. Shame orang. ding dong. So you wanted to talk coming up about this uh, billionaire bailing out the college student? Yeah, I think it's an absolutely textbook perfect example of unintended consequences, and how you know, and it's so unfashionable to look at that sort of uh, aspect of policy. But you have to. You absolutely have to. How will people behave if we do this? And I think it's a great example of that. 
Also, Trump in the abortion issue and uh, in reality and politically and all that sort of stuff, has he backed away from, uh, he doesn't go as far as a couple of states have in the oh, last few days. So right. Yeah. It's all pretty interesting. We'll get to that at some point on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. There is a Republican uh, House member who said Trump should be impeached. It's the first Republican that has said that. And he's a guy I really admire. Uh, I will wrestle. Wrestle with his state. I will wrestle with my conscience. I will wrestle a bear. Five dollars a throw. (laughs) Also, all the Democratic candidates got in on the abortion issue over the weekend. Uh, Some of them uh, struggling to answer some of the hard questions. On the issue, Trump got involved in it, too, so we should talk about that. And he's to the left, I guess that would be correct to say, politically, than Alabama is, for instance. Yeah, a couple of different strategies at work. So we'll see. And is it a good idea to be talking about this at all if you're Donald Trump? So All of that on the way. No is the answer. <laughs> no is the answer. Oh, I, so we're going to talk about that later. Joe has nailed that down. Yes. We do have Just this. Just trying to save time. This guy who's a billionaire, apparently, who was at uh, Morehouse graduation, that's a, a college somewhere, and he said this. Men of Morehouse, you are surrounded by a community of people who have helped you arrive at this sacred place and on this sacred day. On behalf of the eight generations of my family who have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus. And my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. What? Uh, pardon? Uh, does he mean all of us? Well, the cheer went up as people realized what was going on. And listen, we 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 took from a service that handily edited out the cheer, which is uh, yeah, a lot of the real, excitement of it. But thinking the same thing, yeah, that's just <laughs> great. That's just good. <laughs> It's just hard to believe that you know, somebody somewhere decided, let's edit out the cheering, because that's really not a, an exciting part of the story. Oh, yeah, let's let's just have the guy make the statement and then quickly cut the tape. <laughs> you know, I just, it's okay, it's not a big deal, but it makes me so mad. People yeah. are so bad at their jobs. Anyway. Anyway. So this billionaire uh, says, I'm going to eliminate your student debt, and everybody cheers like crazy, because we oh, all know. Of course that- they do. Student debt's become this big political story, and uh, and a lot of people, Bernie was talking about this yesterday on Meet the Press, about how we have to college needs to be free, it's too expensive to go to college. Nobody talks about why is college so expensive, why is it so much more expensive than it was just 20 years ago? Um, Nobody talks about that at all. It's either just, you know, billionaires stepping forward, or everybody should pay for it, it should be free. The simpleton, simpleton media. And listen... This is a generous thing from a generous man, and he—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really nice what he did. We're not—it's uh, not good thing or bad thing. It's a hell of a, a generous thing to do, and he's encouraging other alums to do similar things in the future, to adopt a class to help these young black men because it's a historically black college, all men's college. Um, and I can certainly see getting behind that mission. On the other hand, let's talk about, as Jack points out. Why is college so expensive? Why have these kids been forced to rack up these enormous debts? Where is all that bloat? What can be done about it? 
God, if anything, with online learning in the internet, it should have gone the other direction if the you know market forces were at work. Oh yeah, disseminating information should be practically free. Right. So you have this university cartel now that holds only one thing because you can't claim they hold knowledge. There's plenty of knowledge available elsewhere. And yeah, a teacher, a guide, a, a, a mentor is helpful at certain points along the educational highway. We don't deny that. But a gi- for English 101. But yeah, please. But a gigantic, you know, campus full of big buildings that are almost always empty that now have administrators outnumbering teachers and and the rest of it. The idea that that's necessary to get the one thing that they actually have, which is a diploma with fancy script at the top. That's what they sell. And the idea that, well, we are, of course, you have to go and you have to pay that and you have to pay the full thing and then you have to borrow money and then this generous guy paid it off. So that's a good thing. Yay. It, it, it ignores the problem. And I haven't heard anybody bring up why his college costs so much. Nobody brings it up. Not Republicans, not Democrats, not um, uh, journalists when they're talking to Bernie or whoever about the cost of college. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about it. Why does college cost twice as much as it did just a few years ago? Where's the Where's the money going? Right. N- nobody wants to get it. Is it too complicated for people or what? The, the flood of guarantees, sure. loan guarantees. That's had an enormous effect because now colleges will accept anybody they can stuff into the classroom. To the point of being full, everybody can quote unquote afford to go to college. Then the bills come years later or months later, and and then they realize, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. But so you've got a number of really good to look at economic things at work that nobody wants to talk about. And the second thing is the law of unintended consequences. And listen, again, uh, it's an act of real generosity, and I, I have a feeling that that man's a really good man. Um, but you've got Kids who just skated and borrowed a ton of money unwisely. Then you got young men who probably busted their butts and worked and scrimped and saved and sacrificed and the rest of it. Well, the uh, you know it's it's a little like a parable from the Bible. Everybody's going to get into the heaven of having no debt. Those who are lazy and those who who busted their butts. Um, it's the 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 one with the grapes. I'm talking. I'm thinking about for fans of the Bible. But anyway. the Bible. Anyway, um, so you got uh, you got that, and that's okay, because that's kind of a metaphor for life. Life isn't fair, kids. Uh, back in the day, they used to tell you that all the time when you'd gripe about, well, I, I saved and I worked. That guy, he was lazy. Now he's getting his debt eliminated. That's the way it goes. And you just have to get past it and gut it out and become a success in spite of that stuff. That's the way America used to think about life. But what about future classes at that college? If they have the expectation, a reasonable expectation, that somebody will step in and pay their bills for them, do you think you're going to get more hard work and scrimping and saving or less? Yeah, I think the answer to that one's absolutely clear. Um, And oh, there was another aspect. Plus, if if your concern is about the disadvantage, which the more money you have, the less of a burden it is. College being expensive, so you're 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 your emphasis should be pointed at the, you know, the supposedly disadvantaged to try to fix universities to make them cheaper. Um, you know, and there's something in between billionaires paying for it at all or taxpayers paying for it all. Uh, how about we go with trying to figure out why it's so expensive and, and make it less expensive? That's helping out the bottom rung. The top rung, they don't care. I mean, they care, mm-hmm. but they'll, they'll figure out a way to pay for it. 
they're going to go anyway. And they'll pay an extra half million on top to get their kid into USC or right, whatever. Right, as, as we've seen. So the other aspect of this that bothers me is that you have, and you already kind of have this with the flood of government-guaranteed loans, is that the students' interest in holding the university accountable just dropped. Why would they? If somebody else is paying the tab, I mean, if I'm eating free at a restaurant and and my steak's not great or the waiter's a little bit or rude or something like that, it's very different than if I'm paying my own money to be there and I have not only an expectation but a right to demand a certain level of service. Well, I also aren't going to complain if they double the price of the steak because you're not paying for it. Exactly which will lead to more inflation. Anytime you introduce a bunch of money into any market, you get inflation. It's just the way economics works. So, again, generous guy did a generous thing, and, and I'm happy for those young men because they nobody, won't be saddled with the debt. Nobody, I saw this story reported all weekend long. Nobody brought up why college costs so much. Did they just feel like, well, I don't want to be a wet blanket and try to, you know, here's, here's something nice that happened right. and I'm ruining it. Come on, why does it cost? It shouldn't cost so much. We're being stolen from. And the other narrative that's big on the, the news right now, virtually everywhere you look but here, because we're killjoys, is that, well, now these these young men don't have to be saddled with practical concerns, and they can live their dreams. And CNN interviewed this one guy who, who was terrible. He was a terrible interview. He's 22 years old. Turns out he's an art major. They kept asking him, so how will this change your life? He's like, well, I won't have the debt. They're like, so now you can pursue your dreams. He said, well, I, I won't have debt. And it turns out, well, he's going to be, he wants to be an illustrator. And good for him. But the whole Nancy Pelosi thing, now you don't have to make a living. You can be a poet. Is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, another round of missile attacks on Saudi Arabia. Uh-uh. Biden on the campaign trail is the anti-anti-Trump in a major West Coast city cracking down on landlords doing certain types of background checks on potential tenants. Ah, so you can't even figure out who your tenants are now. That would be unfair. And another poll out where Biden increases his lead. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Any horses cheap during the Preakness Stakes? I didn't watch it over the weekend. I didn't even know it was on. Okay. Well, any horses die? A horse died on that very track the day before. Yep. One uh, one of the horses tossed its rider and then kept on running and yes. finished the race in 11th place. Ten actually, you. actually beat two of the other horses. Does that count? Do you have to have the rider? Or? Oh, you got to have the rider. Oh, you do? He was disqualified. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, otherwise the jockeys would just jump off and <laughs> yeah. let the horse go as fast as he could without the weight. Mm, Not okay. that those little fellows are very heavy, but heavy enough. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Saudi Arabia is claiming it has shot down missiles aimed at two cities, including the holiest city in Islam. The Saudi Air Force said it intercepted two ballistic missiles fired today by the Houthi rebels in Yemen. One was reportedly headed for Mecca and the other for Jeddah. Listen, I don't want to be a paranoiac, but what would the Houthi rebels gain by hitting Mecca with a missile? Wouldn't that arouse virtually the entire Muslim world against them? Oh, yeah. Or it's, well, certainly the Sunni Muslim world. Uh, That would be suicide. Which makes me wonder exactly what's going on here. The government of Yemen calling the apparent incident a full-fledged terrorist attack. Saudi Arabia supports the government of Yemen while Iran is backing the rebels. 
Now, this move follows a missile attack yesterday that landed in the Iraqi uh, capital's heavily fortified green zone, not far from the U.S. embassy there. And the model of missile that was fired was supposedly the same model that has been used in the past by Iran. Democrats out on the campaign trail with poll leader Joe Biden in Philadelphia Saturday for what his campaign deemed a kickoff rally with Biden. Now, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He's been on the news every day making speeches for weeks now. How's this a kickoff rally? That's what How does his, that work? That's what his campaign is claiming. It's the kickoff rally. So you have your announcement, and that gets a lot of coverage. Yep. Or in his case, the official announcement video. Then the announcement. Then a bunch of speeches? Then the kickoff rally. Then this is the kickoff rally. Is this the and soon it'll be the official launch rally. <laughs> anyway, it's, you can't blame him for doing it. The media goes for it. Biden pumping up the faithful. No one's going to work longer. No one's going to campaign harder to win your hearts, your trust, and your support than the son of Catherine Eugene Finney from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Joseph R. Biden Jr. from Delaware. There you go. Biden. That was quite something. <laughs> Biden defining himself as the anti-Trump on a number of issues. You ought to know what the first and most important plank in my climate proposal is. Beat Trump. And and once again, cutting off the applause, which is 90% of the story. We, we all have to wrap our... Is everybody paying attention? we got to wrap our heads around this. Our clips have to include the applause. That's at least half the story. Jeez. Um, did, but, a, did a land? Did I'm sorry? Did a line land with a thud, or did the crowd explode well, in that's joy? The whole thing. But right. anyway, anyway, that is an interesting tack, and I and it, and all polls show that that's what Democrats want. Mm-hmm. I'm getting beaten up for am I uh, big enough on the new Green Deal or climate control? I'll tell you what, plan number one is for climate control. Beat Donald Trump, and the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, and that's why. So the latest poll out. Since he entered, and a lot of your smart people thought when he would enter, he would go down, but he's increased his lead over Bernie nationally from 8 to 18 since he got in. He's good, but he's no Eric Swalwell. He might just walk away with this thing, because my sense is from the media, which is almost entirely Democrat... Um, they've kind of come to terms with the fact that, yeah, he's our best shot. I mean, I can just tell by their tone of voice and the way they're going about it. There's no there's no uh, positioning of, of Bernie or anybody else in any of their little round tables right. to try to put pit them against Biden. They're just going all with Biden's the man. I, I just think that's where the mainstream media is, which will help him out also. He'll be like Obama was in 2008, where the you know all of the media is just, yes, this is our guy. Right. I think Biden right. might be there already. It's going to come as bad news to Jay Inslee, who's running, apparently. Looking down the list again. Yeah, I saw a couple of guys, uh, a couple of guys and a woman yesterday interviewed on the various talk shows that uh, I was unaware they were running. And so, normally, I don't like it when the press tries to, to start a fight. But in this particular instance, I understood why George Stephanopoulos on uh, ABC This Week or sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd on Meet the Press were trying to get these candidates to say something about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Look, he's in the lead. You're running against him. What's different about you? Uh, Joe Biden's a fine man. And just, okay, here's your chance. You're only going to get on Meet the Press so many times. You're at 1%. Do you want to say something? And they all took a pass. 
That might be the right strategy. If they're uh, in agreement with me that Joe Biden is bad at running for president and sooner or later he will step on his own, well, necktie. Boy, that, was the, that was 100% the strategy when Trump was in the lead all those months. I'm not going to step out there and say something because he's going to fall on his own. Although, you know, Trump was an unknown quality, quantity as a candidate. Biden's a little better known. So with Trump, it was, I think, more of a gamble. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe all these presidential candidates that yep. I hadn't, hadn't heard of didn't come up with something strong to say about something when no. you get your chance on Meet the Press or Face the Nation. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be back, and you're going to be out of the race in a couple of weeks. Why not say something? A new city ordinance in Seattle is banning landlords from running criminal background checks on applicants for rentals. Wow. And, and now, according to NBC News and Advocacy Group, is working on making that a statewide law. The group is arguing that... Wait, ex- what was that sound? That's a, what was that? That was the sound of thousands of locks being changed as people got ready to sell their rental property. This will so reduce the supply of rental properties. You're increasing the amount of risk that a landlord has to take. The group is arguing that ex-felons are essentially barred for life from acquiring safe and decent housing if background checks continue to be allowed. Toronto Raptors still battling in the NBA Eastern Conference Final. Raptors held off the Bucks to win Game 3, 118-112 in double overtime in Toronto last night. Ooh. I'm already for the, I'm ready for the Bucks warriors series and the slogan, Fear the Beer! I like that one. Fear the deer. Fear the deer. I like it. And the Warriors can complete their four-game sweep tonight as they visit the Portland Trailblazers for game four. Kevin Durant still sitting out the Warriors. Enjoy. Take your time. Enjoy your time being a New York Knick. You're unneeded. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The man is wounded. He's, He's practically crippled. And listen to you berating him. That's not kind. He's a traitor to the Golden State Warriors. What traitor? Shame. What are we saying? Jack. Shame. Shame. Shame on me? Shame. Oh, I didn't realize he was getting the shame bell. Yes, shame. The old shame bell. Shame. I love the tonelessness of it. Shame. 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 I can't. (laughs) It's completely flat. I love it. I love it. Shame. Um... Uh, I keep wanting to say shame on you that we're going to talk about what happened in an abortion debate over the over the weekend. But I, how many people want to hear about that? It's a hot topic right now. It yeah. seems to be. I'm happy that it's finally being discussed in grown up terms, and the side that makes up uh, euphemisms isn't getting to uh, to spin the language completely like it has for the past thirty years at least. Yeah. Yep. But that doesn't mean anybody wants to talk about it. Yeah, it's just, it's so frustrating for me. The theme today is how bad journalism is. But you have people making statements and nobody ever questions them on it. Well, I'm with the American people on this. Well, that's interesting because, you know, Gallup poll says, blah, blah, blah. you just don't hear that. Hmm. I don't, you know, where the American people are on the issue is pretty clear. But, I don't know. I don't know. I just get tired of it. Tired of the bad journalism. One way it was presented yesterday on one of your talk shows by a Democratic spokesman. We'll play that for you. And uh, I don't think it's going to work anymore. I don't think this way of approaching abortion is going to work anymore. Oh, okay. I think the tide is turned on abortion. Like it has on a bunch of other issues the other direction. I think the tide is turning on abortion this direction. Hmm. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Man, I was just scrolling through the president's tweets to try to get to his one over the weekend about uh, abortion, and uh, he's tweeted so many times since then, I can't get back far enough. Man, he tweets a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't follow his tweets like some people do or some news outlets do regularly, but he tweets so much. What if he just walks around with his phone in his hand all the time? Or sitting there watching TV with the TV on and just as thoughts come to him. Yeah. He tweets way more than I do. Or, or we do together. Mm-hmm. He's huh. into it. Interesting. Um, so the abortion thing is an issue, right? Got I've the, heard that. <laughs> got what they're doing in Alabama, which I'm not sure if President Trump... Either, I don't know if he understands that it's a political ploy to try to get it to the Supreme Court to challenge Roe versus Wade. That's why they left out the exceptions. Or if he just thought politically it'd be to his advantage to step in and, and make clear to everybody he's not that extreme on abortion. Yeah. Well, it's a long-term, principled, committed, legal strategy that those states are employing. It's not a political one if you're thinking of politics in terms of election cycles. I think it's a terrible move, election cycle-wise. Like I say, it's a principled, long-term attempt. Yeah, I did see an op-ed over the weekend. Uh, Trump, at least right now, has got the greatest economy in the history of the country and talking about immigration and abortion. Does that help him? Right. To make those issues? I don't know. Um, You could certainly argue that you take somebody who might have thought, yeah, the economy's good, I'll vote for him. And then we'll say, what? The Republicans want to do this with All abortion? Right. That's it. Right. Exactly. And you'd push them away, particularly, you know, the the vaunted, uh, educated woman vote. But as we've talked about, if you just went with the polls, if you just went with the Gallup poll on the, all the questions about abortion, what we would have, and then just craft the law on that, what we would have is abortion would be legal because something like 70% of people want abortion to be legal in this country. It's it's really not even close, but it would it would only be it would only be okay in the first trimester, maybe the second, depending on how you look at the polls. But barely, yeah. But there might barely. be some exceptions and 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 well, loopholes. Definitely not in the third. Amy no. Klobuchar, who's running for president, was asked on the View Friday. Did you guys talk about this? No. She was on the View Friday and was asked by Meghan McCain, "How do you feel about third term abortion?" She said, "Well, the question what we're talking about here is a woman's right to choose." And Megan McCain kept hammering on, but third term, are you uh, for or against third term abortion? That's not what's being discussed in Alabama. In Alabama, they're trying to take away a woman's right to do what, what she wants to do with her own body. Mm-hmm. Would not answer the question. Of course not. She would not say I'm against third term abortion, which to me just means they haven't looked at the polling. The vast majority of Democrats are against third term abortion. So why wouldn't she just say that out loud? They fear their left flank. They fear NARAL and, uh, and Planned Parenthood. Because any, if you give an inch, if you even admit that like a five-year-old child is a human being, Planned Parenthood will come after you. They'll attack you like crazy and, and get rid of you so a purist can be in there. They fear their left flank. People on the left might suggest it's somewhat like the uh, a, a conservative or Republican's relationship with the NRA. If you say, yeah, universal background checks seem like a solid mm, idea. That's a good there analogy. are huge numbers behind that. And actually, the NRA has been pretty okay on on a lot of aspects of background checks. Um, but a different one, say you decide, you know, I, I don't think you need to have this gun. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the pro-Second Amendment activists are going to say, well, why would we gamble on this guy? Let's get the other guy who, who won't push right. against us. 
Boy, that's something. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can't say out loud, yeah, I'm against third-term abortion like almost everybody else is, including right. Democrats. Right. Exactly. That's how screwed up our politics are. And, and we talked about this. I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday when you were uh, out dealing with your family situation. But um, it so perverts politics because the president has almost no effect whatsoever on abortion law except the appointment of Supreme Court justices who might conceivably, some year down the road, issue an opinion that alters abortion law a little bit. Although you have to guess as a president what their views are on that anyway, because now they're all smart enough to not make any statements about abortion their entire career. Right. So you're guessing what they would do anyway. Mm -hmm. When, honestly, most of this stuff takes place in the state government. And then the lower courts, which granted the uh, executive branch is in charge of appointing those judges too. But it, it just has this incredible outside outsized effect on our politics. And there are a lot of people who blame Roe versus Wade for that because now it is in national politics and the states can't really do more or less what they want. But I feel like from taking in the media that the pro-life side has got a little momentum that I haven't seen in my adult lifetime in, in talking about this. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just... You know the the science of baby monitors, baby that's monitors, a big part term, of but it. the heartbeat and the yeah. all being able to see the baby in there and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if that's it or what, but I feel like people aren't getting away with the the BS euphemisms that they have forever. Listen to this woman who is speaking on behalf of the Democrats on ABC this week describe what's going on here. It's not about life. It's not about birth. It's about control, controlling women, their freedom, and their bodies, and everyone can see it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's men wanting. By the way, keep leaving out the fact that the the governor who signed off on this in Alabama is a woman. But uh, it's men wanting to control women. It's not about life. It's not about birth. It's men wanting to control women. Right. Okay. Well, that's worked for a lot of decades. I'm just not sure it's going to work anymore. I'll be interested to see where this ends up politically, in addition to in the courts. It's something yeah. you couldn't even bring up. Up until fairly recently. Right. You couldn't even bring up the idea. I think maybe, you know, once you start to get into that second, third trimester, that's a baby in there. You couldn't even bring that up. And I and people are bringing it up all over the place on these talk shows now. Yeah. Yeah. The truth about politics is that as soon as a crowd is chanting and yelling, um, all, all subtlety is lost. It's all about, you know, enthusiasm and extreme positions and stuff like that, which is why... On this issue, your your Planned Parenthood, your NARAL, your activists are trying so hard to whip people up and keep the issue simple. It's not about trimesters and, and, and when does an undifferentiated mass of cells become clearly, undeniably a human being. No, it's about control. It's about either we control our bodies or mean politicians and almost entirely men, never mind the zillions of women around the, the country who are uh, pro-life um, or pro-limiting abortions. Uh, just it, and it dumbs it down. It's so important to keep this issue dumb from from the activist's point of view. That's why it's kind of annoying to me. I like this uh, tweet by Stefan Molyneux, who's a, a well-known podcaster, radio guy. Um, it's interesting that if you don't have a uterus, you can't have an opinion on women's issues, but you can compete in women's sports. Thought that was kind of funny. But you know, there's so much of activism these days; it just doesn't stand up to any logical analysis. It's just people shouting self-righteously. And you know what's really interesting about this is that the vast majority of Americans embrace what would clearly be an abortion is legal and it's safe point of view. 
I get... But definitely not in the third trimester. Uh, right. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, and, and it shades from, yeah, I mean, in the very early days of pregnancy, you have some people who are extremely uncomfortable with it, but they understand the history of the thing is you're not going to stop women from doing it. So you might as well make it safe and, and, and under the guise of a doctor or whatever. You know, again, they hate it, but they understand it's going to be. But then as that shade gets darker and darker, as it gets later in a pregnancy, I mean, and there's so much agreement that the exceptions have to be very narrow, very narrow. A woman's life is going to be lost or whatever. It's one human being or the other. Well, okay, we'll let her make that decision. I get that, but there's a hell of a lot of agreement. And I hear people shouting at the radios because I am, well, I'm a little psychic, is that weird chick you knew in college used to say. Um, <laughs> I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. That's another good one. Uh, I'm a little psychic. But the uh, you know the various laws that they're trying to get to the Supreme Court outlaw all abortions all the time. Uh, but again, that is a not supported by a lot of people, and b the courts will slap that down. You know, before I can finish this cup of coffee. You reminded me where we are. You know these people, but we are all out drinking one night, and it was late, and we we're all running around. You were involved in this. And uh, and and one of the people we work with, a woman, she and I ended up walking together or something like that. And another woman said to me, she said, she didn't start in about how she can see people's souls, did she? I said, yeah, yeah, she did. And she said, let me guess. She said, you're an old soul. Yeah, she did. She said, I'm an old soul. I can read people's souls. And you're an old soul. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. What's that character on Saturday Night Live? Girl, you wish you hadn't started a conversation with right. at a party. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little psychic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, God, you're thinking. Oh, no, not so oh. much religious, just more spiritual. How about pet psychics? They're my favorite. <laughs> he is hungry. The I ar- sense it. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 